Abundant Grace Outreach. This is our podcast, and I welcome you to the podcast today. From wherever you might be listening, I want you to know that I'm very thankful that you're here. I want to talk to you today about the thought of uh, being people of, of obedience. God is looking for people not to sacrifice so much, but to be people who obey Him in even the smallest things. I had a, an occasion to travel to, a, to um, Israel on three different occasions with a Glow International. In one of those travels, we were able to go to the city of Nineveh. And as I was in this city, I got to see the great statue of the whale there signifying Jonah's rebellion when God had told him to arise and to go into Nineveh and preach the gospel, telling him that people would repent and turn from their wicked ways if he would go there. And, you know, as I thought about that story, walking along the streets and looking at the seashore, I could just see how, you know, Jonah must have faced, uh, you know, a trial there of whether he would obey God or not. And the reality of the whole thing is that in Jonah's day, the people of Nineveh were so so wicked that even he didn't want to preach to them. For one thing, Jonah was a lover of Israel. He was committed to God and to his people. And Nineveh was a city that was considered to be full of people against Israel. In truth, though, Jonah did not want to deliver that message that would call the people of Nineveh to repentance. He didn't really think they were worthy of this message, and he didn't want God to spare them. Can you imagine it, that a, that a minister of the gospel would not want to see a certain people group uh, repent and turn to God? He knew God, though. He knew all about the fact that God would hear the cry of, them, of those who would turn and repent, but he just didn't want to go do it. So when he finally did, though, obey God, it was well after the trial of being swallowed up by the whale and being in the whale's belly for a period of time before he repented. In Jonah 3.10, it said, Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did, he did not do it. So Jonah was not seeing the people, though, of Nineveh from heaven's viewpoint. He was looking at people from an earthly perspective with a focus on just how they behaved and caused his heart to be full of prejudice toward them. And it it affected his ability to uh, go and minister the goodness of God to them. And the people were in desperate need of that. God, you see, looks at people from a different point of view than we do. He sees people through his finished work of, of Jesus Christ on the cross. That's the only way that he looks at us if we uh, are born again today, if we've been born again by the Spirit and are believers in Christ Jesus. He sees us in Christ, and uh, he wants us to be able to see ourselves that way and to see others that the cross of of, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ paid the penalty for sin, enabling us to be able to come to God in repentance and be embraced by his love and his goodness. From the very beginning, you know, God just wanted to have a family. It's, um, I love E.W. Kenyon's works 
of the of teaching, and he talks about the father and his family. I also like Leonard Ravenhill, and he um, his famous work to me was the Father Heart of God. So we know that God chose to bring the family of promise through Abraham, and Abraham was a man of obedience. He obeyed God even when he couldn't see where he was supposed to go in the in the, the situation. Um, he obeyed God rather than man. And uh, the Bible says it's, it's better to obey God than man. That it's also better to obey than sacrifice. So God knows the plans that he had has for each person. He knows every plan that he's got for a person. He knows the plans that he has for hope and for good and for a purpose. Even Abraham was called out from among a pagan group of people who worship pagan gods. He um, became the father of many nations just simply because he believed God and followed him and obeyed him wholeheartedly. So back to Nineveh. You know, we're when I was attending this Aglow event, um, you know, I could picture uh, people even in that city that day praying for their families um, she, and praying for influence of the Holy Spirit to move upon them. So as we stood there, we prayed for the city of Nineveh. We prayed that God would use us in our places wherever we lived in the world when we go back home, that we would be able to stand in intercession for our families and not rebel and run away from what God would have us to do either, and not to look down upon people, groups, but to see them with eyes as God sees them, people that he loves. And, um, you know, you I could see in that group with me that day women who were uh, crying and men too for the people of the land of Nineveh and the surrounding countries there of, of northern Iraq. And something really did stir in me that day on how to pray for lost people. So today, um, the day that we're in today, we might find it real easy to write off people groups. You might be a person who sees them as wicked and not worthy of the love of God. You know, you might have let, let judgments and generalizations come into your mind um, about the people who live near to you that maybe you don't think they're worthy of hearing the gospel or you don't want to be the one to go do it. I remember at one point when the Holy Spirit began to deal with me about visiting people in prison, I, I could hear him, uh, the, the Spirit of the Lord saying to me, I was in prison and you visited me. And I began to shrug that off because I didn't want to go to the jails and prisons and visit people. I thought somebody else should do that. And finally, I realized that he was just saying for me to be willing and obedient and to just go visit. So I began to do that. And um, pretty soon, in just about a week and a half, I'm going again for the recertification for annual visitation to the women's prison. And I, I can't wait to go and be with them again, even though they're behind bars and many of them will be there for a lifetime. I still believe in the mission to go and share the gospel with those who are held captive. They can still be set free in their spirits and live a victorious Christian life even while they're in prison. And certainly we want to be welcoming it when they do or if they are discharged. So you see the Holy Spirit shows us the groups he wants us to go to. And uh, you know for a long time I rebelled against that too but he, he won my heart about it. I wasn't, I didn't have to go through the belly of the whale, but I did have to go some 
through some struggle within my inward self of whether I would go do it or not, so I can understand how Jonah might have had that same struggle. So we oftentimes withhold the life of the salvation and redemption because we look at people through emotion-based lenses instead of looking at, at the way God does. But you know, God never turns his back on anybody, and aren't we glad of that? He didn't turn his back on us. Christ died for all, according to John 3.16, and never turns his back on people who would repent, who cry out to him and come to him in their lives. And neither should we as believers in Christ Jesus. We want to be imitators of him. So I would ask you just to stop for a moment and ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes. Ask him to let you see the people groups within your own community who are waiting for God with skin on to come to them. And uh, you know, who have you written off? Who has been written off as too far gone in your book? The homeless, teens, maybe the gangs around you, maybe the addicted or single moms or the poor, maybe those in prison like I did, you know, those who are, uh, the, Jesus said, I was in prison and you visited me not. So he wanted us to visit. He wants us to visit. So those who have been abused or in abusive situations, have they been written off with you? Maybe those who suffered and gone through abortions. God loves them all and he had a, has a place for you and your community to be his hands and his arms of love for them. So I don't want you to grow weary in your prayers and reaching out because I believe new strength is coming to you as I present this truth to you today. Now as the Holy Spirit opens your eyes, just jot down the people groups that you feel like he's wanting you to see and then ask him to show you which ones to begin with. He'll very, very clearly see you, um, tell you which direction to go. And he'll give you a, a verse of scripture that'll kind of guide you in which you're, where you're supposed to go. As God stirs up your heart to reach out, he's going to give you a plan that will unfold as you follow him. It's possible that his plans will take you out of your comfort zone. It sure did mine. And encourage, I'm going to encourage you, um, the people to be a, a, an encouragement to the people in the groups that you go to. Um, he will give you something to say and do for them that will really encourage them. And, um, and now that you've been encouraged yourself, you know, take a few minutes to ask him to, for his plan for you. What's the first thing that you need to do? God wants to use you to be a visual aid of himself in your community. So I'm expecting that he's going to show you the way that he's planned for you or even those that go with you to be his hands and feet, his voice, to bring his provision to your community, his greater love. He wouldn't want you to do it all by yourself. And be sure, you know, that you send me a picture of what you're doing. You can post it on my Facebook page and let me know how God has used you to go into your Nineveh and to preach the, the gospel of peace to all who would hear it. God bless you until we um, see each other again on this program. In the name of Jesus. <laughs>